City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the time. We are back with season two, episode two of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. It's been a little bit of time, probably almost a month. Sorry to everybody that's been a little bit of time, but we've been busy and we've uh, been busy watching some results that I don't want to say we told you so, but we might have told you so. As always, I got my boy Aggie here with me. We're watching some basketball games right now, but we decided we had to jump on and kind of give a summary and reaction of the first five games, I believe, of uh, the Richmond basketball season. So first of all, man, how you doing? And, and second of all, how you feeling? Yeah, I mean, everything's good. I'm good, except for the status and state of Richmond basketball and Richmond athletics at the moment, even though shout out Richmond football for bringing the Capital Cup home. Huge win. Yeah, big, big. But we're not a football podcast. We're a basketball podcast. In Richmond basketball, same shit, different year. I mean, let's be honest, uh, 3-2 and two record right now to start the year. Not how we wanted. We're already being talked that we're out of the at-large conversation, which is crazy. But I think we're still in it a little bit. We need to basically win out in non-conference and show the committee that we can actually win some games. But not super excited with the state of how the beginning of the season has gone. What about you, Ev? Yeah, same. I think... Um... And I don't think many people are, to be honest. No, no. The, the weird thing is we're in a weird situation where none of our losses have technically been bad losses. But in terms of our own expectations and where we thought this team could could make strides, you know, we haven't done that, right? So it's just yeah. a lot of missed opportunity. As a fan, you know, we can kind of all take that in our different ways. But the biggest thing is, I mean, I think that's the easiest summary is it's just been a, a missed opportunity, right? We haven't blown it per se, but we haven't seized the opportunity, uh, right? We were... Um, yeah. We were, we were underdogs on the road to Georgia State. The Utah State game was a neutral site. And then obviously these last two games in, in the Bahamas were both neutral sites and to, uh, you know, power power five conferences, better opponents. So that being said, yeah, all of these games that we're going to, and we're going to get into this, all of these games were there for the taking. Maybe not the Mississippi State game as much, right? But I would agree. Yeah, um, but we had to we call back pro- in. We were probably, yeah, we were probably pretty mentally exhausted too from the, the Maryland game two days prior. But yeah, I would say that all of those games, we should have won all three of them. Probably not the Mississippi State game. Who knows, though? Maybe if we beat Maryland, our mentality is different. But, I mean, you look at Utah State. We lose by 11, led by six at the half, get out, get outscored 48 to 31 in the second half, somehow, like, lose by 11. We didn't really play any defense. We were taking – it's the same story in all these games. We're not playing good defense, and we're taking terrible shots in the second half, especially at the six, five-minute mark. We just completely forget how to play basketball. All strategy goes out the window. And we're playing, like, YMCA. We're just, like, running around and – chucking up these terrible shots, Drake game. That was probably the best. I thought that we looked going back and forth. Like we were matching blows with them. And then in the last 558, we get outscored 20 to nine. What the hell is that? Maryland game. We're up 41-32 at half, nine point lead. And we get outscored 54-39 in the second half. It's just the same story in all these games. It's the same kind of things that we've been looking at for the last four years. So yeah, definitely a lot of blown opportunities, and especially in, in, in those three games in particular. Yeah, and it's weird when you're when you're trying to identify specifically what's going on that's causing us to lose these games. You mentioned a couple of things there. Obviously, some people are talking about the coaching, and, and there's some things we can talk about that. Oh, really? Um, in terms of player performance, you know, it's hard, right? I mean, in terms of what we've expected, Tyler Burton has taken a pretty big lead. He's the NBA. He was yeah, the NBA player. He was 
leading the A-10 in scoring. I don't know if he still is, but he's one or two. And he's, he's like, I think he's in the top 30 in, the, in all of NCAA in scoring. Gilliard's doing Gilliard things that he always does. Grant's playing fine. And I think the biggest step back that we've seen is with KO, which has been Definitely. tough because yeah. we don't want to call out specific people on this podcast. We don't want to do that. But no, we, never, some, we would never do that. I ran some numbers in terms of like KO's. If you compared the first five games of the season to KO's season last year, his points per game average has dropped from like 13 to five. He's shooting like wow. 30% from the field yeah. and he doesn't rebound the ball. Right. So it depends no. like, what is he doing out there? And what's crazy is, and I won't dive too much into this, but the way that we're playing our offense right now, team, like I was, when I was watching the old Miss game and or Mississippi state and the Maryland game, they are sagging off of KO's so much on the perimeter. Yeah. And if he's not even a threat from three, he just looks uncomfortable when he tries to drive in. He has one little crossover he does and then he turns his back and it just kills the offense. I mean, not even a threat from three. Like, he's not even a threat from the foul line. Like, he does his one little cross, and then he starts backing up, and, you know, maybe he'll give you a little shoulder hezzy and then go up and over. But, yeah, it's tough to see. And I feel like even when we're, we're running and trying to play up pace, he just slows down the offense. And, like, he can't really run the floor with those guys we have out there. So I, I really thought this was going to be a huge, like, year for him, especially coming off how good he was last year. I don't know if it's on him or if maybe other teams have just figured him out through scouting and stuff like that, but something there's got to change. Either he's got to get off the floor or he's got to adapt the way that he's playing. And I don't know. I'm not saying he's not capable of adapting, but you can't really just find a shot overnight. Yeah. And uh, a big thing, and this is kind of a part of that too, but one other thing I've noticed through a lot of these games, and this was especially apparent in the first couple of games, is that the offense, especially like you mentioned in the second half and in clutch situations, is not producing open shots for our best players. It's producing mm-hmm. open shots for Isaiah Matt Wilson, Matt Grace, right? And yeah. you can't have that. Like, that is that is the issue with the system that we run. And I don't understand it, how at the end of the end of shot clock, we're not, or, or game clock, we're not running yeah. Jacob off a screen. We're not running Tyler Burton off a screen to get an open shot. We're just running a set. And if Matt Grace happens to be the guy that gets open, it's Matt Grace's shot, which is yeah. absurd to me, right? It, I mean, almost, it almost feels like we're using our main guys as decoys to be like, oh, look at these sneaky guys that we have that can maybe make a shot. But like, that's not what we should be doing. We should be trying to create shots for the best players, not doing it for those that, yeah, maybe they'll hit a big shot every once in a while, but for the most part are not your go-to guys. Yeah. And I, I think another issue um, that not a lot of people are talking about that I think we're going to see more and more of, especially when, when Gustafson is healthy, which I think is going to happen soon. Yeah, I don't December think Mooney has. I don't think Mooney has any grip on this rotation in terms. I was going to say that same thing. Rotations the, and subbing. The right one, you know, the right group of people to be in at the right time. And um, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction. I think, uh, and I got to look more about Wofford. They might not be the right team for this, but I think there's a possibility that Jai Bailey might start or be like the sixth man coming off the bench tonight. Like yeah. if the over under is minutes played, I'm going to go, you know, twelve over minutes played, yeah, just because. Can. We started with Sherrod, and Mooney made the quick decision to F. yank him for Isaiah, which was and he's great. he's been better off the bench. But, Not yeah, Sherrod's been better. better. But then Isaiah, in the most couple the, the, the recent games, he just, on Bad. offense. He, he has, puts up zero points. Yeah, no, I think he had a He hit that one wide-open three in the last yeah. game. but He had a zero first-half stat line against Mississippi State. Like, nothing, yeah, no, nothing to the box score. And I like what he does on defense, right? He's, he's a good on-ball defender, and we'll get into the defense here in a second. But I think Mooney has no grip on this rotation, and it's just he's got so many guys that can plug in and fill certain roles and he it's just it, it's not working out for him right now and we're seeing that on the court yeah and i think because he hasn't found that one go-to lineup that he's trying to test literally everything like okay maybe this one this lineup gets hot for like two minutes but then it's like right away next next rotation change let's completely change it up so i i, I don't think he knows what the lineup is for him to 
allow the team to produce as best as they can. And that's a huge issue. Like if you're the coach and you don't know who to put in when you need points, when you need defense, when you need to get to the, to the rim, like you're, you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, if, if KO continues to be as ineffective as we've seen him, I think he did have a better game against Mississippi State finally. He might have gotten yeah. double digits. But, yeah. you know, you got to consider, especially if they're just sagging off him and he's not doing anything on offense, getting another guy in there, right? I mean, I don't know if that's sliding Burton to the four, quote, quote, and then bringing in um, another wing like Crabtree or Jai or how you, however you want to do it. But uh, the, the rotation that we all thought at the beginning of the year is, is clearly not clearly not working. Yeah, and going back to your point about starting Jai in the next game, I think that is a good call just because he really did show his aggressiveness last game and even the game before that. You know, he's a guy that is super athletic. Like, he's got bunnies. We can see that. And he's at least trying to get to the hoop and, you know, have a little more offensive explosion than maybe stuff that Isaiah was showing. And I don't he know. He looked great. I thought yeah. he looked great. Me too. And people forget he was committed to Wake Forest. That's a better program than us. We have never, <laughs> Don't say that. Ever... People might be listening. They might transfer. He might transfer. I'm just saying, I... Someone show me the recruit that picked Richmond over Wake Forest. Yeah. I guess this guy technically did, but it's because his coach decommitted. So that throws it out, right? One of one. So he's got to play more. And that's tough. I mean, him, Crabtree. Like, yeah, we haven't seen much Crabtree either this year, I feel like. And, and even like when he's it. out there, he's not shooting. He's passing. There's not enough minutes, especially if you're going to really play is. Tyler a lot, especially if you're going to try to get Nick in Nick, there. Yep. And what's another tough. thing, too, not that this is a good thing or bad thing, but I, Sal's pretty much disappeared completely from the rotation. He doesn't play. He, he yeah, just doesn't he, play. And he's he been, comes in literally garbage time minutes he and tries to get him in for like one minute early in the game and he just looks like 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 if i was out there almost and mooney has started doing this thing where he plays grant and uh grace together which yeah that's a weird thing doesn't seem like it um, and then works like and... when we need rebounds golden's on the bench and grace is yes there. that's exactly what i was gonna say <laughs> like, so, that makes no the, sense the mississippi state game in overtime yes he is doing offensive defensive subs grant yep. in on offense um, Matt Grayson on defense. Grace. One that that that's left it in situations where Grace is actually in there on offense. There's like 15 seconds left in the game and Grant's not in there. Yeah, you're getting too cute. You can't do that. That's just malpractice. And guys and are two, grabbing boards over Grace too. Yes, Grace is not a defensive sub. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not stopping anybody. So yeah. why are you doing that? If you're gonna like, if you've got a lockdown defender in there, that's fine. You can do that. Grace isn't that guy. And so that maybe we weren't gonna beat them in overtime anyway, but that made it more lopsided than it was going to be. I couldn't agree that that was that those subs we were texting about was really like, that was the weirdest one to me. It's like you're giving Grant like half two seconds of rest on the bench so we can give up a bucket. I'd rather have exhausted Grant out there rather than fresh grace in that situation. Uh, no, I agree with you. Obviously this is going to continue to take shape over the next couple of games, but I'm interested to see, I think there will be some changes um, for this Wofford game and for the next couple of games. And I'm, I'm interested to see what those will be. Next game. Let's say Andre's still not back. Who are your first seven guys starting mm -hmm. and then first two guys off the bench? Oh, so I, I personally would start um, Gilly, of course. Yeah, I would go Gilliard Bailey. Try Bailey. Yeah, I saw enough. Like I saw enough to start in those from just from those. It was ten minutes, and he was the most impressive player. Yeah. So I'd go him, <laughs> and then I'd keep it the same. I'd go Burton. I'd go Ko, and I'd go Grant. And then the first two guys would probably be Isaiah and Matt Grace. Unfortunately, just because you have to bring a big in. And then immediately after Nick that at the eight. is Nick and Crabtree. And you're just kind of rotating them in and trying to figure out who's got the, the hotter shot that day, I guess. But um, the issue is, sure, this is all offense we're talking about. The issue is, of course, none of us are surprised. Defense is what's killing us. We're giving up so many points per game. Opponents are shooting great against us. I don't know if the stats in front of me. I can pull them, but I Getting can tell killed you. killed on the boards, too. Like, absolutely certainty, dominated. Yeah, we're in the bottom quarter in terms of points per game allowed and, and field goal percentage allowed. I'll, I'll look those up in a second. Um, but... The bigger thing, there's two things that I've seen, and I wonder if you've seen this as well. 
One is transition defense. And I, I was listening to the radio program that Coach, Coach Mooney does with Bob Black, which is, by the way, like the most Homer program I've, the I've form, ever the heard form, in my life. The former Joe's Bonin. Yeah, now it's at World yeah. of Beer. World of Beer, cool. yeah. No, it's, um, it's always been a Homer show. Are you kidding me? Come on. It's, it's brutal. I but... love Bob Black, but it's just like, all these fans are here. Like, how happy are you to see the fans? You guys looked really good last game, especially in the overtime where they, it's like, dude, you just got outscored like 15 to five in the overtime. They did not look good. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, uh, I love you, Bob. No, <laughs> Coach Mooney was talking about how um, he was, he was basically discussing, Hey, there is no such thing as good transition defense because like transition means that you either took a bad shot and, and allowed them to get on the break or you turn the ball over or something like that, which I agree with, but I've, I, there's just been so many times where we've been, where we've given up fast break layups or unsettled situation dunks. Um, and then in, on the interior, right? I mean, Grant, we know what Grant is. He's a below average interior defender. He has his moments, but above all, most people aren't getting challenged at the rim. And then what's kind of new this year, I think, to me, is that we're getting beat off the dribble um, on the perimeter, which is leading to open threes and kickouts. And, you know, for all the yeah. hype that Jacob gets, he's an incredible stealer of the ball, but he's not necessarily a great on-ball defender, meaning keeping the guy in front of you. And um, that leads to us collapsing. And because we don't want to give up shots in the paint, then we give up shots from three. So. That one is what I'm most concerned about because I don't know, you know, I don't see a, a change to that just based on what we know about this team unless unless you can convince me otherwise. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the perimeter defending has been really bad. I think we're, we're jumping like on every single pump. Like every time we're jumping and then they're just getting right by us. A second guy will come over to help and there'll just be a wide open layup under, under the rim. And I'm seeing that a ton. Yeah, we are getting beat too, especially not to harp on KO. I do like KO as a player, but one dribble move and he's like, oh, and then they're yeah. getting right right there. So yeah, I totally agree with you on the defensive side. Going back to this Mississippi State game too, like that press, dude. What was that press? They were getting, they were just easily, we were pressing two passes easy from Mississippi State and they're scoring layups. What is the point of pressing and why are you going to keep going back to that? If that's what you're going to do, this isn't Shaka's Havoc D. We know that. But it seems like we don't really know what we're doing on defense either. Transition to, I feel like, yeah, we're just we're just not keeping up with teams. I don't know. Right. I'm looking at the stats. I, I found them. I've got them too. I, okay. I, wanted to, I was going to quiz you on it, but I guess you got them in front. Yeah, of I got them up. I mean, 76 points per game. We're literally averaging. Which, one, ranks, two, one, which ranks 298. Yeah, we're, we're averaging one more point per game on our team that we're giving to the opponents. Yeah, so our point differential is like right there, right? Our average, we're getting, we're getting out-rebounded by six rebounds a game. Which seems low. On the season, 52 we're out rebounded by 52. I mean, that's do you want to do you want to guess uh, where we rank in terms of opponent field goal percentage and what the percentage is? Uh, I'm gonna say opponent field goal percentage 71, <laughs> percent <laughs> and it's gonna be like bottom eighth of the country. Well, that second part is kind of right. So we're 319 out of 350 teams. Ooh, Again, let's, let's take that into consideration. I mean, we're in the company well, of. We're in the company of Austin P, Mount St. Mary's, Fairleigh hey, Dickinson, and Bethune hey, Cookman. Don't just disrespect so, Bethune Cookman, our boys. Just so everybody knows. And um, we're giving up. They're shooting 47% from the field against us. Yeah. I mean, that's not great. There, I mean, there are no, like, really good winning programs that are at this low. You and can't be I at just, the bottom if you're yeah, going to be good. I, I completely agree with you. And so... Again, from what we know and the way we play offense and defense, that we just can't expect this to change. And, you know, are we going to see a situation where we just try to have to outscore everybody and shoot the lights out? I mean, it seems like that's the only way that it's going to happen. It, it's just it hasn't been hasn't been what, what we wanted. And, and look, they all know that. And everybody knows that. And, um, the, everyone's been talking about this is such an experienced team. Well, it's time for that to show. And this is, yeah, like you said, not. the at-large consideration, it's not dead, right? None of these losses were bad losses, but 
we don't have a we don't have any we don't have a wins. good win we don't have a good win and the only really good win we have left in the non-conference is the neutral site nc state game which I think the, U- the uni game will be what could be a good win too yes they're pretty good road, they're a pretty good team and they just beat bonaventure even though they yeah. you and i lost i think two or three bye games to start the season which screws yeah. <laughs> it but bonaventure win will it's will, a good win yeah cross that out and so like you said the, the name of the game is winning out in non-conference as tough as that as tough as that sounds and so and dominating that, the conference that would be you know beating Wofford tomorrow flying to iowa and beating you and i on the road beating toledo at home they gave us some trouble That's last be a tough year game. In the they're pretty good this year and then nc state neutral and then home against old dominion and bucknell i mean we've even seen old dominion give us some problems so yeah i mean look man i mean how comfortable and how, how confident can you be that we can do that i'm not <laughs> based on what i've seen like you said that experience factor these games that were just I mean, Richmond's been doing this for years. Connor Lemon, shout out. He always talks about five minutes left in the game. Richmond just forgets how to score. They don't play defense. They forget how to score. And with a team that has this much experience, that's what you can't have. And it just continues to happen. So I don't know how you fix that. I'm not very confident about where we go from here. I mean, last stat I want to get out, the free throws I always talk about. Oh, um, We're shooting 61.9% from the free throw line. Do we know where that ranks? I don't know. Our opponents are averaging 73%. So that's got to be terrible. <laughs> well, it's got to I mean, be look, so there's not much. There's not much you can do to uh, stop, to hinder their free throw percentage. Yeah. But their free throw attempts, you certainly can. And that's a big thing. Another Mississippi State issue, we shot no free throws in the first half. We didn't even have an attempt. We didn't get to the line yeah, that's one terrible. time. And that's because we played this soft, finesse style basketball where we're chucking you know, threes not, and not going out, not going at guys. You know, yep. what percentage did you say that was? 61.9. So 62%. 62? Oh my goodness, that's 331 out of 352. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've never been able to shoot free throws, but that is terrible. Yeah, 70 wow. for 113. Wow. Yikes. Do you know, do you want to guess what the number one free throw percentage team is and what their percentage is? Number one free throw percentage team. Oh my God, is it? I'll give you a hint. They have the they have the biggest upset in college basketball history. Oh God, I have no idea. Little college basketball little. tournament history. Like three years ago, four years ago, first round. Uh, I should know 100%. The UMBC oh my God, yeah, yeah, UMBC, duh, yeah, yeah. 80, 85%. Let's go, UMBC, hell yeah. So, I mean, their coach beat us this year at Utah State. We he did, he did. So, yeah, man, I just... It, How look, did I not we, get that right away? That's so bad. <laughs> we predicted this, right? We said one yep. year one year older is not one year better. The guys still have to come out there and show us that they can improve in, in their weaknesses, and they haven't yep. done that. We haven't so, seen it. yep. You know, we of course we want this to change. Um, a Wofford win, and you know, hopefully a, a not maybe not a convincing win. We're only two point home favorites, but a win by five or more would be great. Um, and it would be, be great to, to see us get a little bit more confident with who we're putting out there and just trying to correct some of these mistakes, right? I mean, I think this we all know that this team does have the potential to to do well in the A ten to even make the tournament. I mean, I think I've seen enough to say this team is not capable of like making a, a run in the tournament unless we see Probably some not. big changes. Yeah, uh, just because of how bad we are defensively, but this team is still good enough offensively alone to get into the tournament. I just, we all want to see that. I mean, it's it's just criminal if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not looking good so far, but yeah, I definitely just got to take it one game at a time. Get this dub tomorrow against Wofford, the Terriers, right? The Terriers. We played them last year. We yep. beat them at home. So I mean, good. I think a win for our tournament hopes and just for the team in general is good after this this kind of stretch. I mean, we did beat Hofstra, but what is it? Four out of the no three. Three out of the last four? What am I what am I talking about? We've played five games. Yeah. We've lost, I believe we've lost three out of our last four. Four, games. right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean that's that's gotta be tough. And those are all tough games that we should have won minus maybe Mississippi State. But yeah, yeah. We'll see where we go from here. And it, it uh, is crazy how much how much how different you feel. Like how different would you have felt if even if we beat Drake, 
like how much different different we, we, we should have be, we should have won that game. Uh, I think if we, we have still a, if we a, still a lose to Maryland, though? I, I still think there's a sweeter outlook if we beat Drake. Yeah, Even probably. if we beat Utah State, we'd be like, look, we're three and three. Yeah. Or what? If we yeah, would have beat Utah State and add in another game, yes, definitely. So, well, we well, did. So you mentioned here. you mentioned uh, Wofford. The big story about the Wofford game tomorrow is that uh, barring a terrible game, Gilliard is probably going to set the steals record tomorrow. Hey, something positive. Career steals record. It kind of sucks that he can't do it at home. Um, I feel like I feel like Wofford might not like honor him the way that is kind of. It's a big deal, man. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's so. I mean, we're not until seen, December eleventh. I don't think. Yeah, it's Wofford away tomorrow, and then we go to Northern Iowa on Sunday, and then we're yeah. back. Home. What sucks is I see all these people, especially like VCU fans on Twitter, that are like, "This is a fake steals record. He came back for a fifth year. Yeah. Like, how hard is it to understand that he lost?" like anywhere from eight to 10 games in the last two seasons because of COVID. Yep. And this is what the seventh game of the year, the eighth game of the year, like yeah. he absolutely would have been right there. And 100%. so you just, you can't say, Oh, we only got this. Like he would have been, it, I am very confident he would have gotten this. So yeah, shut I up agree. about that. Like it's stupid. Just come on. Like <laughs> Tori, stop. Like, yeah, VCU's <laughs> like VCU's got their own stuff to worry about. Although they did, they have a better hey, one. They're, hey, they're, like, looking, they're looking good right now. Who they just beat. They beat somebody good. They beat Syracuse. Yes. And they should have beat. No, no, they beat Syracuse. They yeah, they beat Syracuse that. and they beat uh, UConn. No, they lost to UConn. No, they lost, but they should have. They were up for a little while. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're looking pretty good. I didn't I didn't think they would be this good, but I don't want to talk about VC. This is a Richmond Richmond podcast. Come on. So to, to start to wrap oh, yeah. things up, give that me your. Be good. I'm excited for Gillard. Give me your. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's it's an incredible record. Like incredible record. Guy deserves it. it it's just very. Everybody days after. Yeah, hopefully he he gets to celebrate it, and hopefully it's in a win. Um, so. Wrap things up. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. There's six games left in non-conference. Give me your prediction for Richmond's record over these next six games. Six left, four, four and two. That's what I'm thinking too. I think we lose at Northern Iowa, and me too. Or we could. That's game we could win because we match up well with Northern Iowa. We should Iowa. win that game. Maybe we. Maybe I say we like we lose. Lose NC State. NC State, and then like Old Dominion out of nowhere. Like, I was gonna say us. Old Dominion. Like they I just could totally see us losing that game at home. They're like they're one of those. We've teams seen it before. Dude, there's one of the they're one of those teams where they come to the Robin Center and shoot the lights out. They have like a six foot red shirt senior point guard that has his career high. They bring like, fans. Yeah, thirty. He's got like thirty two points. He hits like six threes. Just uh, I'm hopeful. I, I I'm totally hopeful that doesn't happen, but we we all know. NC State win would be real nice though. Shades of uh, what was that guy's name? The guy that went to William and Mary. That Ro- Robert? Not no, not Robert Williams. Marcus. I, I know who you're talking about. He had the same name as another guy in the NBA, Marcus Thornton. Yes, that's name? right. Yeah, yeah. Put up like 42 against us. It was hype. Yeah, I'm so mad I missed the game. You were you were there? No, I had a, I had a test. I was like one of the only games I missed oh in college when I was God. on campus. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was thinking about Williams because he went to the Celtics. Yeah, so two like Marcus Thornton's in the NBA. He's playing this guy at uh, Medi Bayruth. The Bundesliga, dude. Let's go, baby. Yeah, but he, yeah. He hopefully, smoked us. <laughs> hopefully we keep the out of conference. Oh man, NYFC just gave up a goal with one minute left. Oh, that's brutal. What are you watching that for? Playoffs, baby. New York Go. City bleeds blue. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so we're saying four and two. Which, four and two. Not gonna get it done. Four and not, two. Not gonna get it done. Four and two would put us just for everyone's knowledge. Unless at... we lose to like Old Dominion and Bucknell, and we beat <laughs> NC State, you and I. Still, and Leo, no, like... no, it's not helping. It's not helping. <laughs> um, that would put us at a seven and six non-conference. If so many people are like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a two-loss so non-conference," I'm like, "Yeah, no, no chance. Get out of here, bro." So we'll see. I mean, look. I think the A10 is so wide open. I know bodies are nasty, but we just saw they're vulnerable. But it looks we like can, anyone can win on any night. I completely agree with you. What? But that's bad. That means that means St. Joe's can come to the Robinson and splash threes and beat us. Yep. 
So it's going to be a crazy season, guys. We're going to be doing more podcasts as more we, active. We were as these games happen. Active, busy holidays, Thanksgiving. I was just on, still man. tired from Turkey after a couple of days. I mean, it's not like we have another major holiday next month, but. No, hey, we released a Christmas episode last year. It was great. We should. We're definitely going to do it again. Yeah, we'll do a Christmas. I won't Christmas be on the special. beach in Florida, unfortunately. I'll be uh, helping a certain family member recover from a hip surgery, which is a little less fun. Oh, oh, come on, that's just as fun. Yeah, we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to get some more stuff out. Um, if you have any questions, as always, concerns, we yeah, hear you. On, probably, we hear you on Twitter a lot. We'll take a mailbag episode. Twitter's been great over the past few days. Oh, Thanks yeah. everybody for talking to us and laughing with us and just kind of you know making the most out of the demise of our strange our fandom too. Yeah. So hey, Bahamar Bahamas classic fourth place. Fourth place. I Let's took go. I took so much time to make that banner. <laughs> so the fact that it got twenty likes makes me. <laughs> Let's <happy>. go. <laughs> yeah, we got. Oh, I'll credit that to our uh, our good month in Twitter, Twitter analytics. <laughs> all right. All right well, that's all I got for you, brother. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll uh, we'll be on Twitter tonight. We'll be laughing along. Hopefully, we'll be congratulating Gilliard on a great record, and um, hopefully, these guys can turn around and, and really win out or at least one more loss in non conference and give us some confidence going into conference play. Yeah, it's better turn it around or you might hear some chance, Uh-oh. but not for me. No, I didn't say it. Billboard. Roll Spide. Roll Spide. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Go Spides. Bing bong. Kendall going to take a fade away. Three is good and he's fouled. Screen set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound. Underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck. And Fed shoots. Oh, look at him. Finish.